invite you to stand and join us for our call to worship and then remain standing for our opening hymn. You'll see your response in the bold. Not in the mighty places of power, but in Bethlehem, in a room out back. Messiah is coming. Not born in nobility or wealth, but of Mary and Joseph, who pondered and planed wood. Messiah is coming. Not announced by prophets, priests, and kings, but by two women who were the first to know. Nothing will be impossible for God. But when and where we least expect it, look among the straw and the stars. Please take your hymnals and remain standing as we sing all four verses of A Little Town of Bethlehem, hymn number 230.
light is growing brighter in these final days of Advent, we look ahead to the arrival of Emmanuel, God with us, who comes that the world might be renewed and victorious over evil's darkness. Living in a post-birth of Christ's world, we forget what it must have been like to wait in darkness, wondering if God had forgotten the Jewish people oppressed under Roman rule. There was no sign that God was in a hurry to fulfill the promise made centuries before, the promise that one day there would be one who would rescue them from the shadows of evil. They waited and waited and waited with no sign that God remembered them. Christ is the reminder that God remembers us. He came to the world not only to save it, but to drown out the evils of the earth with the light of salvation. With seven days until the dawn of Christmas, we wait. Let's respond with the words from uh, Psalm chapter 80. Your response is in the bowl. Eternal listener, give heed to your people, you who are guide and light. You who dwell amidst the angels, shine forth into the heart of all nations. Enliven your people with compassion, that peace and justice might flourish. Restore us, O Holy One. Let your face shine upon us. Teach us to love. Gentle teacher, help us to turn to you in prayer, fasting from our negative thoughts. In your steadfast love, you weep with our tears, tears that rise from fear, doubt, and delusion. You uphold us when we feel the sting of pride when our anxiety threatens to paralyze us. Restore us, O Holy One. Let your face shine upon us. Teach us to love.
Thank you very much, choir. This time I'd like to invite our children forward for our children's moment. So good to see everybody, and y'all are so spiffy in your Christmas clothes. I love it. Um, I have a question for you. Have you ever been given a responsibility? Yes? How did you feel when you were trusted with that job? Or how did you feel? Happy. Okay, that felt good. Were you kind of pleased to be asked? Well, <clears throat> are there some things that you can't wait till you're old enough to do? Yeah. Ah, what are they? What, what are some things? I, I got a thought in my head. What do you think? Okay, so volunteer in an animal shelter had to be 13, yes. Driving, that's what I thought. <laughs> Old enough to drive is one of those things. Well, today we're going to hear about someone who, have you got a thought? What do you want to do? Gymnastics. Gymnastics, okay, Mom. <laughs> Dad, gymnastics on the calendar for her. Um, we're thinking about a young girl who was asked to do something really special, and this is how she reacted. Okay, let me get the glasses on, right? And Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. Now, do you think Mary was proud? Yes, she was delighted to be asked to be the mother of God's Savior. But she wasn't proud in a bad way. She was recognizing and accepting the gift that God had given her. My, I looked in a study Bible and it said pride is taking credit for something that God has done. And God had done this for Mary. And humility is accepting the gifts that you're given and using them to praise and serve God. So today, I know that one day you're going to have some things that you're praising and thanking God for, but let's thank God today for those things that you're going to be knowing that God gave you. Maybe in the future, maybe right now. Maybe you're, you've already been given a wonderful gift of singing and loving people and being kind to others. So here's, let's, let's pray. If we, I, I've, I'm better today. I've, I've written my prayer out shorter. <laughs> so uh, I, I do learn from my mistakes. Um, all right, will you pray with me? Thank you, God, for giving us gifts that we can use to serve and praise you. Amen. Thank you so much. I think some people are going or some people are staying. Yes. Okay. 
uh, free through kindergarten, y'all can go with the Joneses to extended session, and the rest of you can go back to your seats. Testament lesson comes this morning from the book of Micah, chapter 5, verses 2 through 5a. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. Our gospel lesson comes from the book of Matthew in chapter 1. Um, and as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. So Luke 1, 39 through 55. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a pretty well-known scene um, in The Lion King, and I'm sure as soon as I start it, you're going to be, oh, yeah, that scene. Uh, but it's toward the end of the movie, and 
Simba has run away from home, you know, been gone since he was a little lion cub because he thinks he is responsible for the death of his father, Mufasa. He's grown now, and one night, Rafiki, the quirky mandrel, finds Simba and says, I know who you are. You're a Mufasa's boy. And then because he is a quirky mandrel, he quickly turns and runs away. So this gets Simba's attention, and he chases Rafiki. Now when he reaches Rafiki, Rafiki says, I can show you your father. This also gets Simba's attention. And he follows Rafiki to this pond where Simba looks down, and he sees his own reflection. Now there's some conversation that takes place, but Rafiki finally says, you see, he lives in you. And then Simba hears his father's voice. Simba, you have forgotten me. You have forgotten who you are and so have forgotten me. Remember who you are. There's something about this remembering. Remembering his father, remembering his home, remembering his place, remembering his pride that allows Simba to claim his identity, to go home, to help restore all that has been broken at Pride Rock. Now, when we picture this scene, we tend to focus a lot on Simba and Mufasa, and of course, that great James Earl Jones voice proclaiming, remember who you are, out into the night. What about that quirky mandrel? The entire interaction comes about, the event that led Simba to claim his place, to gain the courage and the strength to return home, it all takes place because Rafiki remembered Simba, remembered Mufasa, remembered all that Pride Rock was and could be Rafiki remembered Simba. There's something about being remembered. I've shared before that I have these three friends that I grew up with, and we, um, pre-COVID, tried to get together once a year to still hang out with each other. We're looking forward to being able to do that in the near future. But on one of our trips, we were just sharing memories. And one of my friends told a story about one of our swim meets our senior year. We rode the bus from Vicksburg to Biloxi for a high school meet. Um, and if you didn't have a family member at the meet, you rode the bus home from Biloxi to Vicksburg. It's a pretty good, pretty good trip. And swim meets are long days if you have ever been there. Now, my dad is principal. Well, he attended the meet most of my sport functions, so I pretty much always had a ride home but my friend didn't on this particular trip. We also had this rule that if you didn't have a note from a parent or somehow arranged it beforehand, you couldn't ride home with anyone. You were stuck on the bus. And no, we didn't all have cell phones or we could just text each other and get this worked out at the time. Now, yes, my dad was the principal, so you would think, well, maybe you could bend the rules, but my dad was a strict rule follower and of course was never going to be called out for breaking, using his place to break rules, so my friend couldn't ride home with us. So I chose to ride the bus home with her. 
Now, as she is telling this story, I am listening intently because I don't remember this at all. I don't remember this happening. But apparently, it meant so much to her that years later, she felt the need to tell the story and say, thank you. That meant a lot. Remembering me on what would have been a long, lonely, boring bus ride home. There's something about being remembered. I brought um, a basket with me today. I'll set it up here so you can see it. So in this basket is every card I received after my parents' accident. Um, I also have most of the text messages and all the voicemails. I almost delete them every now and then because your phone fills up, right? And you get that message that your storage is full. So I go back through and I start deleting and then I get to those and I save them. Why? Well, maybe it says more about me than I want it to say. But mainly because there's something about being remembered. When we go through hard times, when we lose a loved one, when we have surgery, or when we have something joyful to celebrate, a birthday, a new baby, a new job, a promotion, a move, you know, those texts and those cards, those calls that we receive, a lot of the times when we're struggling, they say something like, just thinking about you and I wanted you to know, or if it's something more celebratory, it expresses that as well. But what all of those cards and text messages and voicemails really say is, I remember you. And there's something about being remembered. Scripture today speaks about a God who remembers God's people. The prophet Micah lived within Jerusalem when it was under siege after under siege from one empire to another. The northern kingdom falls to Assyria. The southern kingdom falls to the Babylonians. The people lived in devastated villages. They endured horrific destruction. The verse right before what David shared with us earlier, right before that says, now you are walled around with a wall. Siege is laid against us. With a rod, they strike the ruler of Israel. Then, the very next verse, where we began today. But, but, God says, I remember you. God remembers God's promises and says a time is coming when a new ruler will come, and it will be a new beginning because this ruler will be different. This ruler will not even come from a mighty and great city, but from Bethlehem, one of those little clans. He shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, and they will live secure. For now he shall be called great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. God remembers. That is the story of Micah. And then the Gospel of Luke, we get to Mary and Elizabeth. Now, both of these women kind of echo the story of Hannah in the Hebrew Bible. Elizabeth, like Hannah, struggled to conceive, and Mary, like Hannah, sings a song of praise to God. These women have a story to tell about a God 
who remembers. And for Mary and for Hannah, their story says something about who God remembers. God sees those who suffer. God lifts up the lowly. God puts down the powerful. Hannah in 1 Samuel says, The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. The Lord raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. Mary herself gives a testimony to the power of God, to how God will act so that he may rescue desperate people. And what I love about Mary's song, and I'm almost positive I say this every year as we come to this time, is that Mary isn't speaking about the past or sometime in the future. Go back and read through it this week. The Greek verb tense used in Mary's song is the past aorist tense, meaning it is a timeless tense, expressing what is true in the past, the present, and the future. Mary is so sure that God will remember, that God will do these things, that she sings as though God has already accomplished it, is accomplishing it, and will continue to do so. These women, they could be 8th century prophets for the way that they understand God. A God who remembers. A God who is emphatically on the side of the poor, the hungry, the weak, the sad. Their songs belong to all women and men who long for redemption, who call on God to keep God's promises, to remember, to fulfill God's own purposes in creation. But the story of Mary and Elizabeth, it isn't just about a God who remembers, but about a God who calls us to remember one another as well. Before we get to Mary's song, we get the story of Mary's visit to Elizabeth. Now there is lots of art depicting the visit between these two women. I invite you to Google those images this week. They are all so different. And these women were very different. They fall kind of at different ends of the spectrum. Elizabeth is married to a priest. She is established. She is secure. She's known to be righteous living blameless according to all the commandments, Scripture says. And Mary was unwed and suspiciously pregnant. So she's socially the opposite. They're on different ends of the spectrum for age and expectation. Elizabeth, in her old age, did not believe she could have a child. And Mary is young, and her pregnancy comes too soon. How can this be, she says. There was one commentary that I was reading that said Mary and Elizabeth and Jesus and John leaping in Elizabeth's womb, that this was the first gathering of the community of Jesus. The first gathering of the community of Jesus. And what a gathering as Mary and Elizabeth represent life at such different places. And this first gathering, it had joy, it had mutual care and attention, it had community. They remember one another. They see one another. 
And Mary sings a song of her God, a God who remembers, a God who sees. It invites us all to recall how much we need each other, to remember one another, to draw fresh courage from each other, and to celebrate all that we share as bearers of the promise together. There's something about being remembered. Maybe this is our witness as church for the Christmas season of 2021. As 2021 comes to an end and 2022 begins, this Christmas season where I've heard some say that 2021 was harder than 2020, we proclaim that we believe in a God who remembers us, you and me. So when others see us, you and me as disciples of Jesus Christ, as the church living in a way that says to the most desperate, to those hurting, we remember you? When the church says, I remember you, we show others a God who does remember. And we continue to create the community of Jesus. That word remember, it occurs a lot in the Bible. Most of the time, it is inviting us to remember what God has done and then respond in praise and thanksgiving. But it's also used to remind us that even if we forget, God does not. Remember the wonderful works God, God has done. God remembers God's covenant forever. Of the word God commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, his sworn promise, to Isaac. Scripture invites us to breathe in confidence that God can be trusted to keep God's promises, to remember. Psalm 13, and in this kid's book I have, Psalms for Young Children, it says, sometimes when I'm very sad, I worry that you will forget about me, God. But then, I remember you love me always, so I will sing and be happy. I remember that you, God, love me always. I remember that you, God, remember me. And there's something about being remembered. So I will sing and be happy. As we get closer to Christmas, we celebrate that in Christ, God says, I remember you. Our God remembers. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we respond to God with our prayers, um, remembering one another, um, our prayer will echo some of Mary's own song, and there is a response. Um, you are invited when you hear, hear us, O God, you may respond, your mercy is great. When you hear, hear us, O God, your response is, your mercy is great. But now, let us go to God in prayer.
Let us pray. Holy God, you reveal yourself in so many ways, especially in your Son, Jesus Christ. We gather up the prayers of this community for the church, the world, and all in need, confident that you remember us, that you know our deepest thoughts, and that you will refresh our spirits. We pray in the name of the one who transforms principalities and powers and renews the heavens and the earth, Christ our Savior. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For the church, we pray for our sisters and brothers in Christ who gather as we do on this day all over the world, in house churches and storefronts, on reservations, in townships, among immigrants, in hospital chapels and prisons, and with persons who are dying. Wherever the church is, empower its witness to strengthen and stretch the vision of your people. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For the earth and all creatures, we pray for the healing and well-tending of all that you have given us, for water and air, soil and stars, for creatures that roam the seas and those that fly thousands of miles in migration, for mammals and reptiles, insects and microbes and swamps and forests, show us their beauty and our need for them. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For an end to violence, oppression, and injustice, we pray for all who sing with Mary a song of joy for deliverance, for all people who long to hear your promise of good news, for all peacemakers, for governments that hold at the heart of their work the needs of people otherwise invisible, for all people left homeless and destitute by the greed of others. Lead your people from darkness to light. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For Mary and Joseph in every land. We pray for all people who face the enormous vocation of raising children. For biological parents and adopting parents. For grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends. For children who long for a parent's or guardian's love and care. For children who will be born today. And especially for those born into hunger and insecurity. Let the light of your desire for our well-being shine through all children. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. For those we hold dear and those who have asked for our prayers, we pray for everyone who is in any need today. For the lonely, for all people who are anxious at this time of year, for our elders in the nursing home, for people who cannot find work, and those whose work is not life-giving for them. We pray for those that we name now, either out loud or in our hearts.
Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for our own lives. We pray that Mary's song of joy and Joseph's loyalty will be magnified in us. Fill us with the breath of Advent. Stir us to extend ourselves beyond what we thought possible. Show us that, like Mary, we need not fear. We remember with thanksgiving the faithful who have gone before us. And may your light shine on us through them and guide us so to enlighten others. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. With the whole church, we cry, let it be, trusting in your word, lifting it in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our closing hymn is God Rest You, Mary, Gentlemen. And if you want a little tidbit um, of information about that hymn, find Linda at the end of the service, and she'll share with you about the comma. If you've never questioned why the comma is is placed where it is in that song, go find Linda and she'll let you know. But now I invite you to stand as we sing together, God rest you merry gentlemen, it's an insert found in your bulletin.
baskets in the back. Um, I hope you will remember us and your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings, because that is how we are able to share the story of Christ and what Christ's birth means for the world. Um, and I do want to remind you, if you can help, um, if you can help, st- I forgot to pull a card out. I found one. Stack hymnals and chairs so we can get ready for the glow party. And I should have said this earlier, but all the parents who have, and um, other adults who have helped with the youth lock-in, the bridge party, and this glow party, thank you, thank you so much. Like, we could not provide this stuff for our children and youth without you. Yes, thank you. If you have not yet experienced the joy of working with children and youth, I encourage you, let 2022 be your year. <laughs> Jazz with the lock-in, Mary leaves with the lock-in, it can be done. <laughs> but now, receive this benediction. Go in peace, trusting in the promise of God. May the God of justice be your path, the Lord of mercy be your guide, and the spirit of love be your light, this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.